0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a fifteen hundred dollars first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait. For the sixth time
0: this season, it's Victory Monday for the Jets. So go out on your front lawn and do some Snow Angels today to celebrate. <laughs> the Jets are six and three after taking down the Super Bowl favorite Bills 20 to 17 on Sunday. Welcome into the Can't Wait Podcast. Tim McMaster here, along with Zach Rosenblatt, our Jets reporter at The Athletic, and Marissa Dunn. What a weekend for the New York Jets! What a win for this team. We're going to talk about the defense, obviously, first, because that's where it all started. We'll talk about the offense as well and Zach Wilson. What does it all mean? Plenty to get to this morning, and we had to get to you this morning after that game. We made sure that that we were ready to go. Bright and I, we have our coffee ready to go. Zach, I'll start here. Before we get into the defense, the offense, all of that stuff, um, the stadium, from all accounts, was kind of split. But just talk about how the atmosphere changed throughout this game from seventeen to three, or from fourteen to three, to the Jets winning.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know it. It, it definitely was. You know, I I don't I don't know the exact split. It was pretty close to even split of Jets to Bills fan. I would say, uh, which you know you understand to a degree. You know, Buffalo is not that far. Uh, Jets fans were a little down on the team after the one loss. <laughs> Which you know, I mean, we were too. Obviously, like we had a lot of concerns about Zach and, and all this stuff. But anyway, yeah. So you know, there, there I, I I was telling you this before we started recording. There there was like a point in the game where like something happened and uh, there were loud cheers. And so I'm thought so I thought in my head, I'm like, wait, I I thought that that wasn't a good play for the Jets, but maybe I missed misunderstood what happened. And then I realized like it was just the Bills fans that were getting really loud. Um, but yeah, then then it started to turn definitely in the fourth quarter. Once they started just controlling the clock, getting first downs, getting stops, uh, stopping the Bills offense, and then then the crowd started turning towards the Jets. And it was it was uh it was a f it was like a playoff type atmosphere by the end. Like I you know, your heart was racing, you know, the, the Jets work their way up the field in that last drive, they only they settle for a field goal, you're like, Oh crap, now Josh Allen has, you know, a decent amount of time to go up the field and then they and they stop him. Obviously. I mean, not only do they stop him, but they push them backwards. <laughs> like it was uh you know, it's it's funny, I, I, both on this podcast and I, I've like made appearances on like the radio and, and like our Bills podcast, and I kept getting asked the question, like, if if the Jets were to win this game, what are the things that they have to do? And I kind of got them all wrong. I, I said, Zach Wilson can't turn the ball over. He turned it over once. Um, they need to score first and like get a lead, and they didn't score first, I don't believe. And they were down by double digits, as they always are when they win these games, <laughs> Yeah. and uh and and i said they had to get really lucky which i don't think it was luck i think it was they looked like the better team on sunday so um you know that's why this this team is just it's been a wild roller coaster of a season but at the end of the day of six wins i don't did connor ever have a, a six win year on this podcast no uh, definitely I, not yeah no <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe at like the very end of the year. What I know. I guess they. I guess they did have like seven wins They're that won six here but it was like a fluke. It was like a fluke. Yeah. Year. Yeah. yeah where they won at the end. Wins, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it was no, more we moral. They were, they the were more luck, moral right? victories. This is like real victories. So. Yes. <laughs> exactly. This is a good team. <laughs> yes, I did. That's. I that's mean, a the, great way of just summing it up. This is a good team. The biggest
0: thing you just said was they looked like the better team, which is amazing because, I mean. Everybody goes into these games, right? And you're like, okay, there's a path to winning this game. But in my mind, it never included us saying the words, the Jets look like the better team. It was just like, (laughs) the Bills turned the ball over five times, uh, blah, 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 all these little random things. And and that's not the way this one went down. Um, And if you think about it, after the first quarter, they were really the better team because they, like you said, they fell behind. Let's start on the defense, though. Josh Allen. 18 of 34, 205 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, 46.8 rating. I mean, that's the line we like have feared we see each week from Zach Wilson. And it's what Josh Allen did. And this defense was just intense. From I mean, the first two drives, it felt like Buffalo could do whatever they wanted. And then it was like a switch flipped in this defense, crank things up. Digs five catches, 93 yards at the half, nothing. In the second half, um, that was one of the things we talked about last week was the key matchups that I think we all wanted to watch. Yeah. And I think most of the fans were really excited about seeing in this game, even if it wasn't going to be a competitive game, was going to be Sauce and DJ Reed versus Diggs. There was a terrifying moment early in this game where Reed got banged up. And I think, ah, how uh, are we yeah. going to possibly stay in this game without him? He obviously was fine, continued on. Um, and the numbers stand out. Sauce, three targets, one reception was just outstanding. And they were able to shut down Diggs after that beginning. Did they talk at all about that, about the adjustments that were made? Because we another thing we talked about last week was the fact that Diggs is a guy that if you talk trash to him, he gets fired up and a lot of times like plays better. Um, I'm sure Sauce was talking, right? And DJ Reed was on him more than Sauce. But yeah. But he did not get better as the game went on. They shut him down after halftime.
1: Yeah, I will say one interesting thing. So Sauce gave up that play to Diggs on the very first play of the game. First like play. Diggs right. got him on a double move. And then Sauce didn't give up another catch the rest of the game to anybody. But I think the, the interesting adjustment they made, which I think says a lot about, and we should probably talk about DJ Reed a bit. I mean, we've, ta- we've yeah. hi- hy- hyped him up a lot on this podcast. I think probably even more than other people have. But so they, they switched their side. So n- normally Sauce is on the right side uh and they switched it and so dj reed was covering Diggs the rest of the game and and reed uh i mean first of all sauce shut down gabe davis who's a very dangerous receiver who make whenever he catches the ball it's usually for a big play he shut him down he had that pass breakup at the end of the game um but dj reed shut down stefan Diggs, and you know he had he had he had one pass breakup late in the game where he like dove it was on third down they aired it out as one-on-one DJ Reed digs, digs got behind him. DJ Reed dove at the ball and knocked it down. Like it was, he, I can't imagine there there's been many more better. That's a weird way of phrasing it that I can't imagine there's been, (laughs) he's one of the best free agent signings that there was this year. And I, I I would have to go and look back at them like price, right? Yeah. Relative to like value and what he's contributing I I don't think the Jets thought he was going to be this good. Like, I I think they liked him a lot. I don't think they envisioned this. Like he's, he's playing at a pro bowl, all pro level. There's only two all pro corners. So all pro gets maybe thrown around a little too much because they probably have two guys that you could argue deserve it. But I mean, DJ Reed, he's been a leader for this team. Um, He's a really good tackler. So which makes him, I think a more complete corner than sauce is right now. He comes up in big moments. Um, I don't know. He, he's just like, he's blown me away. Like sauce. You know we talk about sauce all the time everybody talks about him understandably he's great he has the name dj reed's a little more boring of a name just on paper if you look at it, <laughs> just dj reed not even that many letters <laughs> but he's he's been absolutely stellar and the fact that they have two corners like that you know it's D- sauce Gardner was asked after the game so he was answering a question that he was asked it wasn't like he was declaring this on his own but he was asked if they're the best cornerback duo in the league if he thinks they are and he said definitely uh which Eagle, eagles fans in particular if you leave out anything involving the eagles they get really mad <laughs> And so they're all like, what? He has no idea what he's talking about. Has he ever heard of James Bradbury and Darius Slay? Um, but relative to expectations, like, I don't, it's I don't think... It's me. It's the <laughs> podcast. You know, it's my... Yeah, podcast, yeah. yeah. The two them. Somehow it always <laughs> yeah. goes back to, like, the teams that you are uh, on the podcast yes. with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I think they absolutely have a case. And if they're not the best now, I think they will be. I think one an interesting debate, which I've seen people talking about, is at what point do you have to talk about is this duo better than... Daryl Revis and Antonio Cromartie. Uh, And the point people make is that sauce probably isn't quite at Revis's level yet, but DJ Reed is better than Antonio Cromartie. So, you know, it's, it's an interesting discussion. And and the fact that we're even like, it's like, we have to have that discussion. (laughs) it like just says how good those guys are. And I I think everybody in the building would agree. Like they're the key to how good this defense is. And um, I mean, they Josh Allen was MVP front runner. And now, I would argue he maybe his third after that game. You, Jalen Hurts and uh, and Patrick Mahomes are probably ahead of him now. I mean, it's one game. You know, it's too early to talk about MVP probably, but everybody does. We act, I actually had to submit some votes for, uh, for from the Athletic for MVP, Coach of the Year, and All Pro stuff. Uh, just Is that like support. a first
0: ha- first half? Though, first, right? half yeah. first half, yeah.
1: And I, I who I, did you vote for? For MVP, I had Jalen Hurts first. Uh, coach the year I said Dable, but I think Salah is really threatening there. And Sirianni. So Connor yeah. had a Connor had a tweet where he said it's only between Salah and right. Dable. So now Philly is just like losing their mind on him. <laughs> yeah. um, and I voted for Sauce and Quinn and Williams as all pros. Uh, nice. But I the, man, this defense, and you know, we can talk about it more broadly. I'm, su- I'm sure you have some other stuff to bring up. But the, the corners, like it really does start with them. They shut down Josh Allen, man. Like, and and it's and you know, I, I've seen some people saying and he had really bad throws those interceptions they were like zach wilson s interceptions where you don't really know where he's throwing it i think a lot of times what get under gets underrated with stuff like that is what the defense is doing to confuse him or force him into making those mistakes like obviously it looks like it was all him but i I think the defense deserves credit for putting him in those positions to where he felt like he had to force a throw or whatever so um just this was the real test of if if this defense was the real deal you know he Everybody's made excuses, not everybody like in New York, everybody outside New York, that they've gone against backup quarterbacks. The Packers suck, so that win wasn't as good as it looks like, and blah, 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 all this stuff. The Steelers, and uh, so is this defense legit? And you saw it this week, and this defense has a case as one of the two, three, four best defenses in the NFL. And it's crazy to think about how far they've come from just last year, and a lot of that just comes down to the players Joe Douglas brought in this year. He brought in a star in Tosk Garner, a star in D.J. Reed. Quinton Williams is healthy uh Carl Lawson is healthy like these these are all it it, it's wild this is like a complete defense even if you look at you say they have like a hole at safety like those guys have been solid the linebackers have been solid there's no like there's no weakness to the point where another team's going to be able to just kill them anymore in that area so it's uh this defense is fun to watch and they're the reason why they have this record yeah, we talked about the safeties a lot
0: early in the season, but yeah. we really haven't talked about them the last month or so. No.
1: Whitehead had the big
0: interception on the first drive, which almost had at another the time, one too that he dropped. Yeah, yeah. And at the time that Whitehead interception was kind of like, well, they kept him out of the end zone this time, but it just felt, yeah. you know what I mean? But but you look back on this game and like if it was twenty-one to three instead of fourteen to three, it probably doesn't turn the way it did. It's at that point, it's probably guys start to hang their heads and, and that kind of thing. So that interception was huge to keep the game, you know, where it was early on. Um, the secondary immense, everything you just said, uh, but they also sacked Allen five times. He's yeah. a guy who I think had been sacked eleven times all season coming into this game, uh, and they did it the way they've done it all season, which is not blitzing, which I think allowed them to mostly uh, keep him from doing too much scrambling. I, I mean, in the first half, obviously, he had the touchdown run, which was a huge chunk of his overall running yards. After half, I think he only had 25 yards scrambling. Yeah. Um, and that touchdown was a breakdown, no question. I mean, it was just untouched. But five sacks, um, they were big one. The Quinnen one was huge after the turnover. Um, Huff, was Huff maybe the biggest one. Bryce, Bryce Bryce Huff, Huff. Hive. Maybe the, we, we've been right a, we've been a the, Bryce
1: Huff pod since the beginning, guys. Remember? Yeah, that. <laughs> we've been on board.
0: Here's the thing about Bryce Huff. He whatever he plays. I don't know what the numbers are. How like many 15 snaps? snaps he I think he played. Okay, yeah. so he was up a little bit, right, from the 10 to 12. Yeah. Um, but one of the biggest plays of the game on you know the drive where the Bills can go and and win this game or tie the game with a field goal. And Huff is there with the big strip sack that basically it didn't end the game. I mean, you needed sauce to make that play on fourth down, but it, it made it fourth and 21, right?
1: Yeah, that, that I mean, that drive kind of was like the defense in a nutshell. Like you, you were, every, I think everybody in the building was worried after they only were able to settle for like a 28 yard field goal or whatever it was on the drive before. Um, and you, so again, you're giving Josh Allen the opportunity to go up the field and, just immediately, that that's just not what happens. I, I think it was second down when he had the sack. It went from second right. and I, I had it in my story. I'm on it was like second and nine, and then but the sack like dropped it all the way to the third and twenty one, like that because he stripped it. That the Bills recovered it, didn't wind up mattering, and so all they could do at that point is air it out. And they Sauce Gardner, you know, I saw Bills fans complaining that. He wasn't even looking at the ball when he got that pass breakup, so they thought it was pass interference. But you don't you don't have to look at the ball. It's just as long as you don't like knock him over when you're. It was like right. it was a great play, and it was it was like Sauce is like he's so impressive. But like, he he was talking about how he he was scared that the ball was gonna come at some point. He wasn't seeing it, but he was like watching Gabe Davis's eyes, which I don't really know how he's doing that because he's like running alongside him kind of thing. He's, See, so he's like he's, like judging palace. it. Uh, he, yeah, he really does. Like he's like judging if the ball's coming based on where Gabe Davis's eyes are. Um and, like this is a rookie like doing this stuff, but yeah, that that last drive Bryce Huff I mean it's it, that's the thing I've been thinking about a lot. And we've talked about this a little bit, but like good teams, you know, they have the star level talent, which the Jets do, but it's guys just like winning in their role, like supporting guys like a Bryce Huff. Um you know, Quincy Williams making plays. You know, Jordan Whitehead coming up with the interception. Like, these role players that are just doing really well in their role. You know, they don't need them to be stars. They need those guys to just do their job. And so when Brez Huff comes in his one job, attack the quarterback, and he does a very good job at that. Jermaine Johnson made a great sack. He, like, chased Josh Allen down. That was a, in the fourth quarter, I believe, too. Um, yep. Like, there's just having guys outside of their stars make plays, and that, that's the difference between the good teams and the teams that are, like, not legit um and that's why you can believe that this team you know they have if you look at the schedule now we can get into this because we're going into the bye week and probably not going to talk again until next week uh some point today we can talk about the schedule because it it isn't it doesn't look easy but they just beat the hardest team on their schedule once so anything is possible now (laughs) you mentioned johnson that was the last thing i had on the defense
0: Mm. because he's back obviously and it was open field it was josh allen rolling out Like nobody makes that play, (laughs) whether it's him, you know, his strength allowing him to break it or just a juke move like in open field. Nobody makes that play. And Jermaine Johnson made it for a sack. That was that was really impressive as well. All right. Um, We could talk about the defense all day, I think, but we got to move things along here and get to the offense and get to Zach Wilson, the running game and all of that. But first, let's take a quick break. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, the defense was dominant. The offense was good. We'll leave it at that. They were good, and they did what they had to do. And I will say, late in this game, the offensive line and the running attack may have been oh, dominant yeah. as well. Uh, but let's start with Zach Wilson, because the offense and the future of this team, obviously... Uh, that's what we always talk about. He outplayed Josh Allen. I don't think there's any debate about that. We mentioned Allen's 46.8 rating. Uh, Zach, 101.1, 18 of 25, 154 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions. He did have the one fumble. Um, The thing that stood out to me about Zach, and I noticed it early in the game and kept thinking it was going to change, but it continued throughout this whole game, was his decisiveness. The fact that he stepped back, made a decision, and threw the football, got rid of the football. He didn't always make the right decision, but he made a decision. He didn't wait and then scramble and then try to make some magic happen while doing pirouettes towards the sideline like we've seen. It was mostly in the pocket um, and making quick decisions. And you shared a stat, Zach, that backs that up fully. When he threw the ball in less than two and a half seconds, he was 16 of 19, 140 yards, and the touchdown – and what stands out for me isn't those necessarily the percentage or the touchdown because he's always been good when he's been in the pocket this year. Um, but it's the number of plays like he yeah. he only threw 25 passes and 19 of them. He got rid of the ball in less than
1: two and a half seconds. I, I think he, his time to throw was something like 2.1 seconds this year, which is the lowest of his career. Like he was going over well over three seconds, like like two and a half is usually like around the the range that you kind of hover around the average. Um, so he was getting the ball at really fast. It was working. I think the offensive line was doing a much better job. I think PFF only dinged them for like one pressure, which I, there probably was more than one pressure in reality. I I think there were some plays where it seemed like he got pressured, but um, yeah, you know, they, this is, this is the formula. Like even after that Patriots game where we were very down on him, I, I said it a few different times. I, they just need him to be average and they can compete with anybody. And they, he did his job. Uh, he did his job. He had that run where he ran for a first down in the corner where instead of going out of bounds, to, he he let the clock run down and he took a hit and he was fine. He got up. Although it should have been a helmet to helmet, by the way, I know fans are upset about that. I saw it. It was like, he dove with his helmet, hit him with his helmet. <laughs> like I got, I don't there, And there was, it was, there's a couple plays where I don't look. I'm not, I'm not like a complaint about the refs guy, but, you have to be consistent with like the, the roughing the passer and the unnecessary roughness penalties. And they, the jets were, were screwed (laughs) on Sunday a few different times, (laughs) but yeah, like that's, that's the game you want out of Zach. You know, I saw somebody tweet this at me and I think it's the right way of putting it. Like they, they just need Zach to be the game manager this year. They can worry about him taking the leap forward next year. Like this year, he just needs to be the game manager. I, I think that's fair. Like I, If, if they want to be like Super Bowl contenders, he needs to take the leap now, but that's probably a little, that's probably a bridge too far. So this is the, this is the exact kind of game you want from him getting rid of the ball quickly. He, when he had to throw the ball away, he actually threw it out of bounds, which is good. The running game was absolutely dominant. Like last week, it was non-existent. like Michael Carter looked awesome. I think I I tweeted this out. He, he forced eight missed tackles, which is like a crazy amount. I think he averaged six yards after, after contact. James Robinson started off slow and you started to wonder if his knee was a problem. then he started doing some things that were like pretty impressive too. when he scored that touchdown. He had a
0: great, great cutback in the fourth quarter too on that final
1: drive. Yeah. And so they have a solid duo of running backs. They've Garrett Wilson, who looks like an absolute star. He looks like their number one receiver, him and Zach Wilson have a connection. I'm sure we'll get into the persona non grata at some point. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I was talking about this with another reporter last night in the fourth quarter of a game against the bills on a drive where they were trying to win it, Zach Wilson targeted Denzel Mims on third down. And it was like, he won Like he was like, he he's, I need who Zach Wilson's quote was along the lines of, you know, who's our big receiver that you're going to rely on to make a catch in that moment. And he's like, Denzel Mims. Like that's (laughs) That's like, that's where this season has gone. Um, And we're going to get into discussion about the receiver room in, in a minute. I'm sure. But um, like that just that just says everything about feed Mims, yeah. Everyone who was on the Mims train and never got off is looking feeling real good right now. <laughs> and it's it's just yeah. Zach Wilson did his job. That's what it comes down to. And if we say that most the weeks, the Jets are going to either win or have a chance to win.
0: I did like one other thing on, and this includes Mims too. the The other thing that stood out to me first play of the game, they threw a deep ball. It was incomplete. But I did like the mentality there of first play of the game, firing it down the sideline deep. Um, and that drive was a three and out, but it just felt good that it wasn't like step back. And and people yeah. criticized his play a week ago in the first play where he just kind of blindly threw it to the running back. Um, good job by Lafleur, I think, just unleashing yeah. the offense right away, even though it didn't work there. I think it does send a message to the Bills defense at least to like, all right, these guys are going are gonna to at least uh, – try to throw it deep on us. Um, Wilson on their first touchdown drive, six for seven. He was really good when they were good um, in this game. And it had to, I know he said all the right things yesterday after the game as far as the criticism he received during the week, but it came from everywhere, right? It came from, Fitzpatrick, former Jets quarterback, it came from. I mean, we we said it. The only guy who didn't criticize Zach Wilson last week was Josh Allen, who then played <laughs> like Zach Wilson has played on Sunday.
1: But <laughs> yeah, maybe um, he was doing maybe he was doing Zach a favor in, in the end. He's like, you know what? Let's let Zach have a day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, it it had to feel
0: just just a probably a relief in some sense because that criticism has to build on you. But he also seems like a very confident guy, so I'm sure he's uh, he's walking tall today.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can say you don't listen to what anybody else is saying, and that's the thing players say. But it was it was loud, so um, he he definitely heard it. And I don't know if I'm, I'm I don't know if the criticism is what he took to heart, or him rewatching the film from last week and seeing all the things he did wrong. Like we talked about with Josh Allen's quote about how he said he had that three interception game his rookie year or whatever it was, and then it, it was like the light turned on for him after that. And if that's the case now, or you can at least rely on Zach not making those like backbreaking mistakes. Or right, you focus on that. You focus on him, you know, becoming just like a solid quarterback. And then after that, you hope you can start capitalizing on some of his arm talent and taking more shots downfield, getting more creative. For now, they don't need to do that. But um, yeah, that it was it was, uh, it was inc- And you know, this was the formula during their four game winning streak. I, I believe he only threw the ball like two or three times in the fourth quarter, and that was a, in a game. This is a game where they had to come back, so they were. They were committed to running the ball, which they weren't last week. It was working, and that that allowed Zach Wilson to make some more plays. And um, yeah, I don't know. It was. Uh, I will say Michael Ford des- deserves a lot of cr- credit for the game he called. He it was a really really smart game plan. Uh, they went for it on that punt. They had the fake punt where Ashton Davis got the first down. That was pretty big. Uh, although that was that was actually on the SkyCam drive. So I that think, led uh, that's to the a, sky cam. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which was, again, again, the fact that we haven't even talked about that yet is (laughs) that was like, yeah, we get that in the other (laughs) thoughts section coming up, but yeah, any, but the point being like, normally this is a, this is sort of game the jets would hunt. We've said this a lot this year, but this is the game. The jets would have absolutely just like fallen apart in and they kept their composure. Zach kept his composure after the turnover. The, they quickly got it back with the sauce interception, which we didn't really mention before. I should say they got the interception. So Zach turns it over. Two plays later, they intercept it, uh, and they score a couple plays later on the James Robinson pass. Yep. And so Zach, Zach Wilson keeping his composure is huge.
0: So the the drive that they ended up getting the, the game winning field goal on, where they started from their four yard line, I just want to give Lafleur a little extra extra love here. Yeah. Um, I think most teams at that point are thinking we're going to pass the ball to move yeah. the ball down the field from here. The, the Jets had runs of nine yards, seven yards, 16 yards, 17 yards, four yards, 15 yards, and three yards on that drive. They just continued to pound it on this Bills defense and uh, and just effectively with this just pieced together offensive line that has some, somehow gelled. Um, now, do you think they saw some? Because this Bills defense was great against the run most of the season. Yeah, Struggled a week ago and then struggled again against the Jets. I feel like the Jets in studying and game planning saw something from last week that they were able to also capitalize. I, I don't know, but, but man, to see them run the ball like they did when we've just kind of been honest about this offensive line and, and who's out there, right? I mean, it's, yeah, it's an offensive line of mostly backups at this point.
1: Yeah. I, I, that's like Nate Herbig, who I, I, I just knew from when I covered the Eagles, I thought he had like the ability to be a starter. Like he's someone that everybody, people, not even just fans like experts i've seen videos of him like he was dominating in the run game he's been playing so well yeah he's yeah. he's been and, awesome and his his brother plays for wisconsin i saw i saw that recently he's like a linebacker right and like leads the big 10 in sacks cuz maryland oh got destroyed by wisconsin this week you <laughs> he like, her, saw Herbig. Like, big yeah. you're like what like, nick herbig i think his name is i'm like there's <laughs> no way nick herbig is not nate herbig <laughs> yeah there's no way um <laughs> so, they call they call him nasty nate i think he, yeah. he's he's a he's a fun personality you know, they, it's interesting. They have a bunch of offensive linemen set to hit free agency. Him, uh, Connor McGovern, George Fant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connor Dan, McGovern Dan had some good blocks yeah. yesterday, yeah. too. Yeah, the interior. Yeah, yes. Lakin Tomlinson was playing better. But, yeah, Nate Herbig is one that stood out as a guy that – that's another waiver claim that worked out for Joe Douglas. You know, yeah. he, he's claimed, like, JFM and and him and um, Quincy Williams. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, so I actually yeah. something I wanted to say on this podcast is, you know, a lot of times we give – the coordinators all the credit I think two position coaches that deserve a lot of credit for this season are the offensive line coach John Benton who as he said to us like I've had to earn my keep uh and Tony Odin, the cornerbacks coach who has gotten those guys playing at a level and even Michael Carter the second at nickel corner so I think John Benton has really you know been throwing a curveball this season and now the offensive line that was one of their better performances they've played and I would think they're going to get one of if not both of George Fanton and Max Mitchell back after the bye if not right away then soon and so then you'll have a better right tackle. You have the rest of the offensive line, you know, Dwayne Brown is going to be hit and miss just because at, at his age and the injury he's battling, uh, Flakin Tomlinson can play at this level. McGovern keeps playing solid Nate Herbig solid. Like they can just have a solid offensive line. Maybe there's no pro bowlers there, but it's a solid group that, you know, protects Zach Wilson enough to where he gets rid of the ball quickly. And they open up holes in the running game. And this is going to be a team that's going to every game they're going to win. It's going to be old school, run it down your throat and stop you on defense and, it, it is it is crazy how, there's a lot of teams in the nfl this year that are like that because i feel like the quarterback play is so bad around the league right now like you look at like the, the bears the the titans like basically like didn't throw the ball and they almost beat the chiefs uh because they basically weren't playing a quarterback with malik willis um right. so there's so many teams doing that and it's like it's funny that it this turned it turned from like such a passing league to now you can win win running the ball and it puts more value on on running backs and stuff like that which is an interesting turn and the Jets were built to be that sort of team. They have the 49ers formula. Um, and it's working. James Robinson
0: um leading up to the game was questionable. At one point, I got a notification on my phone that he was out, and he obviously wasn't <laughs> out. He played in the game. I don't know where that how that turned about. But is the knee something that we should be concerned about?
1: I mean, you, you don't you never love seeing a guy be added to the injury report on Saturday especially with an injury that like, that was like a whole thing with the Jaguars when he left he was like having knee soreness or whatever. And, you know, he started off looking pretty slow in the game yesterday. If it's a lingering thing, it's a concern, but he looked good enough to me yesterday that I'm not as concerned as I was when that news came across the feed on Saturday, I would say. Um, So it's something to keep an eye on. I think the bye week is coming at a good time for him as much as anybody probably uh, to give that knee a rest. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm not concerned in that he's, he's uh. He's an ideal RB2 behind Michael Carter, and they have a solid duo. Maybe they don't have the explosion of Brees Hall, but this can be like a run-it-down-your-throat type of group. Yeah, and he ended up with 13 carries to Carter's 12
0: in the game, obviously 12, uh, Carter much more in the yardage front. But um, but back and forth between those guys, it worked the way it's supposed to, like you said. Um, all right, we still have to talk about the Skycam and plenty of other stuff, the schedule going forward, what we can expect from this team. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll have all of that. I left this last segment for just kind of random thoughts that I scribbled down throughout the game and, and some big picture stuff. We've covered a lot of them though. So uh yeah. pat on the back to us for for doing that. But <laughs> one thing we didn't dive into fully yet is the Skycam, which oh was I mean, we maybe we look back on this game as the Skycam game, right? Oh, like the sky the game that Skygate <laughs> and it's supposed to be I mean it, it started exactly how you would expect, right? The the Jets have some momentum, they do the fake punt. <laughs> and then they just stop and and watching it on TV, Zach, there was a little bit of like confusion right away and I'm sure in the press box there was too. Suddenly the teams are kind of walking off the field and then it took a little eventually and Eagle like with the you could tell he was like listening like what are they what are they saying in my ear and he explained what was happening and then they show the camera like sitting on the field basically. Um but from there the Jets turn the ball over, and you're like, up oh, here we go. The sky cam ruined the season. Um, but then they write themselves, and they go on from there. But Rosali even said it after the game, right? You can't make this stuff up.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, Jets fans already think everybody is out to get them, and that certainly did not <laughs> help anything. <laughs> even
0: CBS, apparently, is out yeah.
1: to get them. <laughs> uh, like I, Michael Carter was like, you know, I, I'm – my third eye is not open right now. I don't have any conspiracy theories for you, but, um, <laughs> which is pretty funny. But uh, yeah, it, it was that was it was so weird. And, and it, the, the sky cam is just kind of floating over the field a little bit, and they're trying to like because they have to bring it. They have to bring it down on the string because the string is like all the way across the field, and or the wire, I should say, not the string. Um, and I, I asked Soss ask Gardner about it, and he said DJ Reed told them, which wound up being really good advice to stay warm because you know if we have to go out there quickly, they're probably going to take a shot on us. Yeah. Uh, and so he had them stretching, and he's like, "We're stretching, but we're also like making sure the thing doesn't fall on our heads." <laughs> like that—that's like the weirdness of, and and like I wrote about this is like the the lead to my story was about the whole sky camp thing. Like I talked to Dwayne Brown about it. He's been in the league forever; has never experienced anything like that. So they have momentum. They're all the way down the field. That's the drive where they had the fake punt. Uh, they're in the Bills' territory, and two plays later, after they finally get back after like ten to fifteen minute delay, Zach Wilson sack fumble two plays later sauce interception like that that that's the moment where you knew this this is not you know the cliche of same old jets like the old this would have been the moment where everything went to hell <laughs> for the jets in the past like everything would have started it would have been a comedy of errors from that point on and we'd be talking about it as a Skycam game in a different way but now it's like going to be looked back fondly where you know that was the moment where things could have gone badly and the jets if you look at like their numbers post post Skycam. Like their stats, <laughs> like on both sides of the ball are probably pretty ridiculous, honestly. So it's, uh, I don't know, maybe that's the turning point of the season. Maybe this is like where they start becoming like a legit good team. I don't know. But it, that was one of the weirder things I've experienced uh covering the NFL. And yeah, I mean, it, it, while you're in, on the fans started like booing. Like it was, like, I, I felt bad for the two cameramen who were trying to get it. Because I'm sure they're like, everybody's staring at them in the stadium on TV. Like that—that's a lot of pressure to get things going. And everything's yeah, these... like super expensive. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. God. And yeah, yeah. So if they drop like, that too, they're in trouble. Like, yeah. I haven't seen yeah. like a story about exactly what happened. Um, I am curious. I'm sure that'll come out at some point. But that was that uh, was that was something else.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Um, couple other things post game that that came out. Both both teams. One. This is probably because the Jets are so young, but so many guys after the game talked about the family factor with this team yeah. how they hang out. They hang out like off the practice field and all these things. And like, and that happens when a lot of guys They're on winning, the team yeah. don't have families oh, and that aren't too. married. <laughs> and, right. Like a lot, a lot of Fair. it goes it into it, young but team. yeah. Yeah. But that's also great. Like that's yeah. what builds camaraderie, right. Is that these guys are, are hanging out all the time. Um, and it was interesting how many guys pointed that out after the game. That, well, because that, that that is divided. that
1: came out of I asked a few different guys, especially on the defense, like so. What is it about you guys that makes you special? And you think that they're gonna, like, yo, we got a bunch of dogs, or they're gonna be like, you know, the talent. And but like I asked Jermaine Johnson that Jermaine, who is a guy who's a first round pick in a rotation, he's not like starting, and he's saying that. Um DJ Reed said it. Like it, it's just it's just very interesting to me that that's like the first thing that comes to their head. Like we just love playing with each other, and that's so when we go out. Like Quincy Williams was, he he was funny. He was like, uh, like we we view the the during the week as like our work day and sunday as a party like that's when we're trying to have fun like they they just, this team just has fun together and uh i don't know you you can again like winning like th- any team that's winning is going to have like a vibe like this for the most part but like the i don't know that the jets have had this kind of vibe in a very long time so it's uh it's a fun locker room to like be able to cover like it's it's a cool group of personalities and stuff
0: i do feel like there's like, picture of this image in my head of like after the game, all these guys are like having a pizza party or something, uh, hanging out together, and Elijah Moore is like standing in the corner, well, not talking to anyone. W- so, let's a, get into that because so Elijah so Moore, well, had before, no before you do
1: pizza wise, funny. So, Denzel Mims was he was like eating a slice of pizza at his locker after the game, and uh, I didn't see that. But another reporter pointed it out, and then and then his uh, interview, like in front of the camera, he's like, he's like one second. He's like finishing chewing <laughs> and, like that. Just just like that guy is just such a legend to be. His personality is so funny. Um, he just like does not care what people think about him. He just carries himself in such just like interesting way <laughs> that that fascinating. But yeah, Elijah Moore, he ducked out of the locker room pr- pretty quickly, uh, I'll say. Um, I, I just pulled up how many snaps he played. He played 27 snaps. Not only was he not targeted, I don't know if Zach ever his eyes ever looked in that direction. <laughs> like that's. The degree and he was playing in the slot like the whole game actually let me see the exact numbers he played 19 of 27 snaps in the slot and the whole thing was maybe that's the key to getting him going he's just not a part of this game plan I can't imagine he's very happy and smartly he's not saying it I don't know how long that'll last the most interesting thing to me and I saw a lot of comments asking about Elijah uh earlier like what what it looks like when Corey Davis gets back and I don't really have an answer for that like, I got I don't see how you can put him on the... You can't take Denzel Mims off the field at this point. (laughs) So... um, And Garrett Wilson is obviously their number one receiver now. And Corey Davis is going to play. Uh, Like I imagine in like 12 personnel with the two tight ends and two receivers, I I, I imagine it would be Garrett Wilson and Corey Davis or Denzel Mims at this point. Or even Mims and Davis because those guys are their best run blockers. So what does Elijah Moore bring to the table for you? And, And if Zach doesn't have a connection with him... You know, Jeff Smith, in theory, would be the one that you would deactivate because I don't know how much he brings, but he had a catch. He had, like, a 16-yard catch or something like that. Uh, they like him on special teams. So, I don't know. It's This goes back to our original discussion. Of, I don't really get why they didn't trade him if they don't really have a plan for him anymore and if they're not going to get him the ball anymore and all that stuff. So, it's it's going to be something to keep an eye on. It's going to be in the back of everybody mind, everybody's mind every week when he plays and doesn't get targeted or if he doesn't play and go in the coming weeks. um, yeah, it's uh, it's very weird. I don't I don't really know what's going on there. Uh, I mean, cl- he clearly does not have a connection with that quarterback, and he does have one with Garrett Wilson, and he does have one with Denzel Mims, and he does have one with Corey Davis when he's back. So I, I just don't see what the what the role is for Elijah Moore on this team anymore, which is crazy to think about because he was really really good last year and he's explosive and fun. And I think in training camp I have said this. I, there was days where he was the best player on the field, and now we've reached this point where. We had to keep checking, like, is, has Elijah been on the field? And you look, and he's on the field. He's just not getting, like, part of the offense. <laughs> and it's uh, it, it's, it's very weird. And I don't really know how this goes forward and how he handles himself now that he's going to have to be on this team. Is he going to complain? Is he going to pout? Is he going to not practice hard? Like, I don't know. I get the, Everybody seems to say that he, he still tries hard. But how much is he going to try hard when he's made it known that he wants the ball and they're not getting the ball? So, um, eventually, we're going to even probably stop talking about him if he's going to yeah. have a role like this, but right. It's like still relevant right now. But when, once David gets, gets back and he's the fourth string receiver. Like, I don't, what do you do with him? I don't know. Amazing thing is we had, we didn't really talk too much
0: about Garrett Wilson who had a great game. Yeah. He catches 92 yards. Um, and most of that early in the game, cause the run game really took over late, but he was awesome. Um, and Zach clearly, like you said, developing a connection there. Cause he was looking for him, um, a lot early in the game. Um, It's always interesting to look at the quotes coming out of the other locker room. And this one really jumped off the page from uh, Deion Dawkins. He said, uh, the funny thing is I started reading this quote. I think it was in your story. And I thought it was from a Jet because of the way I was reading it. I was (laughs) like, wait, one of the Bills players said this? Yeah. is a this is a different Jets team. They came out here and they swung and swung and swung. And, hey, they hit us a couple of times. They hit us and they ended up with a win. They have a different swagger and a different confidence level about themselves. That's coming from the team that just got beat. That, I mean, I mean that's an honest quote and and it really stands out.
1: It it feels like the Bills have been raving about the Jets like all week. It's like they were trying to let everybody know, like, look, if we lose to this team, it's because they're pretty good, (laughs) which is interesting to me because, you know, I... A lot of times the jets have always been uh you know the team that you look at on your schedule and you're like all right we can move on past that game and think about who we have the week after that like that's just always what it's been so i i think people are finally this win is gonna like you know teams are gonna start taking notice the league's gonna start taking notice experts i mean i haven't watched like any of the the shows much today i don't really know what they're saying but i get the impression it's pretty positive about the jets right now and uh, yeah this is just a team that's gonna have to be taken seriously i I can't imagine there's going to be many more games where they're eleven point underdogs, especially at home or whatever the final line was. I think it got down to 10.5, but, ten and a half, but yeah. So I'm curious to see, especially with the lines, what they look like each week, because you know you've seen it with like the Giants; they, they still seem to be underdogs every week. I think the Jets have a better roster than the Giants. Some tough games on the schedule in New England. I'm curious to see what that line's going to be. You know, we've talked like later in the year some of those games they have on the road. I'm I'm, I'm very interested to see how. Vegas starts like betting on uh on on the Jets and and you know how other team if other team's really start taking them seriously or not. All right, you mentioned the rest of the schedule. Um, yeah.
0: 538 gives the Jets a 59% chance of making the playoffs right now. Um 8 games to go. You figure 4 and 4 gets you into the playoffs, yeah. right? 10 and 7, that'll get you there. 9 and 8 eh, gets dicey at this point with yeah. 17 games. Um so you have the bye week, then it's Patriots We'll see. That's a tough game in New England still. But having lost to them the first time, there's going to be some serious motivation there. Uh, Home for the Bears feels like it has to be a win. It should, Um, but Justin Fields has been looking really good. Yeah, he has. (laughs) At the Vikings is interesting because the Vikings yes. have only lost one game, but they almost lose every single week. Yeah, I know. It, they uh,
1: feel like they feel it doesn't feel like they only have one loss, but they somehow right. do. Yeah, <laughs> they win by three points every week.
0: Uh, I had them at three and a half and lost this week on the yeah. uh, the picks. Um, then Bills again in Buffalo. That's going to be tough. But then Lions at home. That has to be a win. Jaguars at home has to be those a win. those two have to be and wins. Then, yeah. So if you get to that point, I think that feels like maybe three and three. Right, and you have yeah, at worst, Final yeah. two, and then you get at Seattle on which, New Year's Day, which looks like the hardest game on their schedule. All of a sudden, yeah. yeah, and and then at Miami, yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. It's a hard schedule, I, yeah. It's hard. It's doable. Four and four is definitely yeah. it's definitely there, but it's not a given. Like there aren't four clear victories. I think there's no. three, three that you feel like they should win, but they're gonna probably have to win a game that they're not favored in.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you, you, again, and it's not and I, I don't think the bears will be an easy out anymore necessarily. Right. Um, But I think their defense could like confuse a guy like Justin Field. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah. It's, I mean, the fact that they have six wins going into the bye, we kind of just assume they would just have five av- with, with with like these last two games. What, what was coming up? They have six. We talked right about now. like two and seven going yeah. into the season, and, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I think the over under was five and a half wins which they already have beaten. <laughs> so yeah. everything that happens now is gravy. Like I know fans won't be happy if they like go eight and nine or something like that, but every nobody was project like some people projected eight wins. Most of it was like seven wins. I think like if you just looked around the league, what people were saying about them, I think I said seven or eight. Uh, if they get to nine and miss the playoffs, it's still a good year. I'm. This is all hypothetical, obviously, but yeah, this, this, this is a hard schedule. The jets have proven they're good enough to get through it. And the crazy part is, they're good enough to get through it even after, which we didn't even mention. Like, they're good enough to do this, and they lost two, maybe their two best offensive players two weeks ago. And they're still, like, a lot of teams after that, like, they're done. <laughs> but they, 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 Joe Douglas has built a roster of depth and talent that they've overcome that. So um, you can't put anything past this team anymore. There's going to be weeks where they have a bad Zach Wilson week or a bad loss, and maybe we overreact. But at the end of the day, it's clear this team is not going to let that linger. They're, they're really good at bouncing back. So if they go to New England and get killed or whatever, I don't think they will. But if they, that happened, maybe they come back out and kill the Bears the next week after that. And, and uh, you know, Minnesota, I think, is a winnable game. Uh, it's on the road, so it's hard. But I, I feel like Minnesota is the one I have my eye on. as like that fourth win, uh, I would say. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be fun. We're, we're going to be... If we're not covering playoff football, we're going to be covering meaningful games in December at minimum. And and playoff football seems like a real, if not likelihood, possibility at least. And Sunday almost felt like a playoff game, which is pretty cool
0: um, for this Jets franchise right now. Six and three. Um, Awesome. One more question for you. Did Chris Stravler
1: cut the Skycam cable? (laughs) I mean, I'm surprised he didn't leap up to to save the day, you know, climb the wire. That's true. Uh. That's a good point. (laughs)
0: Chris Oh, uh, you're not gonna You're not going to You don't have an answer for it. You're just, uh, no, no, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, uh, I got I got
1: Strebler in,
0: uh, anything else you want to add? Did I, did I miss anything? Marissa, Zach, before well, we I say just goodbye? To say
1: we're, we're Marissa and I both are taking some vacation for this bye week. So we won't have a, yep. a pod later in the week. We'll probably do our picks just on social media. We'll find a fan to like pick it for us or whatever, but, uh, um, yeah, or maybe we'll take a week from that. But, yeah. yeah. So taking a little break, uh, <laughs> much needed second half stretch. we got to plan for a playoff run. So Need, need a breather. Uh, I mean, Marissa, unfortunately, can't wait. Is not her only podcast, even though it's her favorite one. So she's yes. she deserves a break <laughs> as well. Um, and yeah, I'm so just, I'm just taking Friday. I got my cousin's bachelorette in Miami. There you I'll go. I'll go scout out the Dolphins. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Man, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So lo- looking forward to getting a breather. The team's gonna get one. They they need it. Uh, get they'll heal up. And second half of the season is gonna be a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, we'll be back early next week, probably with a mailbag type episode and we'll talk big picture stuff and then getting you ready for the Patriots later next week. But enjoy the rest of the bye week. Nothing better than going into the bye week on a victory, especially a victory over a team like the Bills Super Bowl contenders. Um, Enjoy the rest of Victory Monday as well. If you want to join The Athletic, you can do it for $1 a month for six months. Go to theathletic.com slash can't wait. We'll talk to everybody next week.